Next on BYU Sports Nation, the number one ranked villain in the history of BYU sports. Who you got? Does he currently play for the Cleveland Cavaliers? <laughs> hint, hint. Michael Lisa weighs in on that and his take on the 2015 BYU linebackers. Plus, Sean Olmstead brings in the bling in the form of the new volleyball rings. Ah, uh, yeah. Plus, a late rally by BYU baseball. How BYU softball won on a day they lost. And a new coach with championship swagger. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation, live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Friday, May 15th, wherever. However, you are dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up. With mouthpiece molder, Jerem Jordan. I actually made the mouthpiece that Matthew Della Vidova used to wear. Did you make the one that, that Brad Waller used to wear? Yeah, the vampire fangs and all that. Yeah. The one that he That's impaled it's, it's into a, the scoreboard? It's a side business that I do. <laughs> I think he's actually a vampire. I've made it, Jerem. I've really made it, according to Vanquish yes. the Foe. Yes, let's read this. So Vanquish the Foe, they have what's called a dead, seri- dead season series. It's a BYU blog. It's awesome. BYU Athletics personalities as Simpson, Simpsons characters. So one Spencer Linton made it into this. <laughs> you are Troy McClure. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You've seen me in films such as The Blue Goggled Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> it says, well, not until the BYU Sports Nation host lands his first movie role. That's so true. there you go. You made it in. Congrats. I do. You've need a made role. it. I've made it. It took a while, but you made it. Thank you, Vanquish the Foe. Eric Mika <laughs> is as Krusty the Clown. Um, Ralph Wiggum uh, equals Utah State. <laughs> Me fail football? That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like burning. Really good. Uh-huh. You're really nocturnal. Really good. I'm going to retweet that right now. Juvenile hijinks. What? Yes. Yep. Retweeting that right now, and it's out. So if you want to see on? it. Have we started? Check it out. Yes. That's a great start to a Friday show. Are you kidding mm. me? Conversation alive 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Be a part of BYU Sports Nation. Members always welcome, especially on a Friday. This is a fun one. Who is the all-time number one ranked villain in the minds of BYU sports fan? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Billy Wonka. Here we go. Any person or group wearing red, i.e. the communist, the prince of darkness, and the school which must not be named. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's, I think there's a, an assumption that oh. anyone associated with Utah is a part of this. Yeah. Okay. Unless they came to BYU later, right? And there are those that have defected, right? That are still not Cubans. somewhat in the good graces. Yeah. 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 Okay. At Billy Wonka starts it off with some serious firepower. Man. Spitting fire Including here. the Prince of Darkness. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he made a, an appearance on this yep. show. What? Here are your BYU Sports Nation headlines. What else are we talking about today? How about baseball? Comeback win last night to beat Santa Clara 8-5 to in extra innings. BYU was down 4-2 to two in the seventh inning. They found a way. One game up on LMU with three games to go are the Cougars. Win again tonight. Softball lost 8 nothing to Oregon in the first game of the NCAA Regionals in Eugene yesterday. Game 2 of the double elimination regional today, 5 Eastern, streamed on the pack-12.com. Win to play another day. More softball news. The West Coast Conference Awards are out. BYU cleaned house. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gordon Eakin, Coach of the Year. Gordy Bravo, Player of the Year. McKenna Bull, Pitcher of the Year. You mean Marissa Bravo? I dare you to call her that. Oh, not on the air. <laughs> Not in oh, studio. I, I've set the stage. With the I, cameras rolling. She knows. She knows it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Five 
Cougars, first-teamers, two or second-teamers, awesome. by the way. They cleaned up. That's great. They dominate in the WCC. BYU Gymnastics hired a new head coach. This guy's legit. Listen to this. Guard Young from Oklahoma. One, his last name's Young. Two, he just came from Oklahoma. Three, former BYU gymnast. He won a bunch of national championships as an individual and with Oklahoma, which brings us to the stat of the day. Ooh. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Six. Guard Young has won six national championships, four as an assistant coach with Oklahoma, and two on vault at BYU when BYU had men's gymnastics he in the 90s. He was an Olympian. He's legit. Oh, I believe he took the silver. Yeah, he. It, this is a great get for BYU gymnastics. Good Good hire. Welcome to the fold, guard. And a great name, by the way. Let's see. So he won a silver at the 01 uh, World Championships, a team silver, and then a team silver at the 04 Olympics for Team USA. Prestige. Man. I love it. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The number one ranked villain in BYU sports history. Ah, why are we discussing uh, this? Uh, uh. BYU and BYU fans specifically were thrust into the spotlight of the NBA playoffs last night after the Cleveland Cavaliers clinched a spot in the Eastern Conference Finals. LeBron James, LeBron James was outscored by none other than his teammate Matthew Dellavedova in that Game guy? Six. He's still around. After which, Dellavedova was asked about the volume and booze in the United Center in Chicago, to which he responded, quote, I don't really hear that. Well, I mean, I've played at Gonzaga and BYU, and it's definitely a lot louder. The booze there, end quote. (laughs) Does he want to make Chicago hate him? Burn. But here's the thing. 20, there, are more, there are more people in the Marriott Center. 20,000 plus in the Marriott Center. Yes. College atmosphere. Yeah, it's going to be loud. So it's, it's kind of awesome. But then it's like, oh, Della Vadova. Okay? You mean Della Vadova. He's a villain for sure. Maybe the villain in the hearts and minds of BYU fans. Because of the Della Vadagger, man. Still stinks. That still kills me. That would have been Tyler Hawes, uh, you know, first... Huge, memorable shot. You know, I still remember. Late game Tyler scenario, Hodge game winner. Hits this huge shot that puts BYU up. Della Vadova makes a fantastic shot, albeit it's tough to make that in that situation. And that hurts, right? So recently, he's one of the huge villains. Now, all time, to me, he's not the all-time villain. He's, he's the number one villain in recent mind. You're yes. right. Okay, the, the recency bias plays into this. But is he the all-time number one villain? Again, the emotion of that. Super high, Tyler Oz. Woo, we're going to win. Oh, ultimate letdown. I was about ready to get to go on to do a sports cast in Southern California. I had zero desire to do anything. I just wanted to sulk, <laughs> feel bad for myself. Yeah, that was. Ugh. Okay, so I'll never. Not for- a fun night. I'll never forget the moment. But, Jerem, who do you got? Who's your number one villain? I've been trying to figure this out. I don't know that I have one person that's the ultimate villain other than, you know, Utah. Okay. The school of Utah. So you go with the generality answer, which is a fair yes. answer. and it's lazy, but I'll figure one out. I'm not exactly sure who my number one villain of all time. I, I kind of lean uh, towards Steve Alford because I was on the court for that one. Saw He's that with one. New Mexico, still wears red. So. Yeah. So, B, so BYU loses a close one to New Mexico, frustrating, and he curses at Jonathan Tavernari in the line after. 
A coach shouldn't curse at a player. Have some sportsmanship, man. I've not been a fan of Steve Alford ever since. Uh, Elizabeth Lambert. Punching, kneeing, elbowing. New Mexico again. Ah, Soccer player to Carly Payne Homo. She married uh, Danny Homo, Tom Homo's son, by the way. She elbowed her in the back. Well, well, BYU was giving it to her a little bit too, but okay. The real villain in that game is Joe Pimentel. Who? The referee that didn't give her a red or double yellow in the game. I was the bug operator for the mountain in the truck that day, and I remember thinking, uh, do you want to do something about that? Elizabeth Lambert later apologized, uh, repented of any perceived <laughs> sins, right, associated with that. That'll live in infamy. She, she did locks of love, um, donated her hair. You know, she, she made up for it. Okay. But, but in the moment. That was pretty egregious. Okay, so New Mexico with a couple of barn burners there. Uh, not barn burners, rather, but uh, uh, they're stoking the fire of villain. Whatever, yeah, villain. analogy. You yeah, make the what, fire. Whatever right? I want to do. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who do you have? I've got Urban Meyer. Okay. Okay, Delavadova's top three for me, just because I hated the mouthpiece. Yeah. And he just was annoying because he was good. And he, you're like, why are you good? Why are you so good? Like, you don't look anything like somebody that should be an NBA player. And you're good. He was undrafted, and now he's contributing on the cast. He was the hero in the Game 6 clincher. We don't like him, too, because he's had a more successful little stint than Jimmer. That factors for into that it. In the NBA. That factors into and that's it. frustrating. But I'm telling you, number one for me, Urban Meyer. Come on down! And it starts with one of the most terrible memories I have watching a BYU football game in 2003. I'm on the front row in the snow bowl between BYU and Utah. It's and stressing the me out, man. NCAA record of consecutive games scored in is ended in a three to nothing Utah victory in Urban Meyer's first showdown with the Cougars. I okay, that preparation day on my mission. That was terrible. I, I went to BYUCougars.com and I looked up, I was really anxious. What's the score? What's the score? I'm in Brazil. I see three nothing. One, I'm ticked that BYU lost to Utah, and two, that shutout streak too. I had a terrible day. He started the whole team down south thing. You know, that's that's demeaning. Hey, I, I love that he did that though. We return it now because it's, it's, it's the team yeah. up north. Yeah, he was the coach of the initial BCS busting Utah Utes in 2004. We're super jealous of that. Okay, his successes specifically. Against BYU play a huge role in making him a villain to me. And that's why I partially wanna why I want to play Ohio State too. The other you know, day combo. It, it, there's not this vitriol. I don't have vitriol for Urban Meyer. I just am like, ugh. You bother me because you're so good at what you do. And I want to be there. And I'm not. I think Kevin Pangos sort of has a Delavadova uh kind of feel, yeah, right, yeah. vibe, right? Where he, man, he's really good and there were certain times we beat him, certain times, you know, I say we. BYU didn't beat him or whatever, but the Dell of a Dagger. Why, why are we showing this on BYU TV? <laughs> why are we showing this play? We know what happened. Yeah, this is more like it, Brad Wall. There goes the mouthpiece. Yeah, this is a radio show, the scoreboard. Too, so. Hey, no, we're explaining it. Play know, by play, man. Okay, my, the point is for me. We uh, all know what happened. Oh, we missed the big. I, I know who my villain is. I, just, I forgot. Who? Brian Sweet. Brian Sweet is the guy that hurt Taysom Hill off the radar times. Anytime his Utah State comes up, Brian Sweet just. uh. Can we call him Brian Bitter? Brian Bittersweet? Yeah, yes. I think he's with the Eagles, by the way. There's no sweet to it. Yes. 
Okay, yeah. He that's ruined fair. two BYU football seasons. He injured Taysom Hill twice. 2012. In- inadvertently, but still. And 2014. The same guy both times? Are you serious? Ugh. Brian Sweet, that number ha- one. It has to be Brian me. Sweet for you. That's, because you, you're that, right. And that's a recent thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's tough to beat, though. Ugh. Here's the, the one, same here's, guy? Here's the thing for me. A villain, like to be like way up on the list, has to be a bully that wins. You're just, you're just good. And you know it, and you can't stop him. You, you can only hope to continue. You him. can't stop it. They win consistently. So that's why it's Urban Meyer for me. Again, not vitriol. You could just be a thug. Just like, oh, you bother me because you are good in your specific field. If I was Gonzaga, it might and be Bronson tell me about it. He tells me about it. <laughs> you walk with that swagger. It's just like, ugh, humility, come on. But he doesn't have to because he wins national championships for crying out loud. Only at BYU would we say, hey, you need humility. Exactly. You're right. <laughs> You're right. That factors into why he is a number one villain for BYU sports and that's, fans. And analysts, if that's, you will. That's why in 1992, BYU was like voted one of the most hated schools in America. By Sports because Illustrated. Because of the holier-than-thou. No, the most hated school. BYU, yeah, BYU's hated because they're holier-than-thou and consistently successful. <laughs> you need to be more humble. Be thou humble. So in, in, in retrospect, BYU is the villain for a lot of other programs. Hawaii. Utah Wyoming, State. Wyoming. New Mexico. Utah. Utah State. Yes. yes. Yeah. So uh, we get we, it. It goes uh, both it, ways. It, it goes both ways. Hey, other other honorable mentions. <laughs> uh, Marshall Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson Emery thinks that's a good pick. Craig Thompson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. The hair. Yep. Kyle the Whittingham. Hair. All right. We've... We, We've set the stage. Now it's time to hear from you, the people. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. Be the, humble. Who is the all-time number one ranked villain in the minds of BYU sports fans? At Y for Life. Ooh, going with the New Mexico tie, Jerem. Elizabeth Lambert from UNM Women's Soccer still has a standing restraining order to BYU campus and all living people. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> that was quite the moment, though. That made Sports Center that night. When an Olympic sport makes Sports Center, that's you got to do something crazy. It was on outside the lines. Like New Mexico's been on outside the lines twice. <laughs> Alfred Lambert yes. against BYU. What the heck? At Justin D. Good Sweeney, thing we left the Mountain West. At Justin D. Sweeney, Pac-12 presidents for taking CU and Utah instead of obvious BYU U of U pair. Okay, that's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There are no wrong answers, and, be, and that one carries some, yeah, some bitterness for sure. But BYU is not an academic, uh, what is it, a research institution, <laughs> and they have a religious affiliation. <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. That's awesome. You need to bring that Someone, voice back sometime. Someone's president. Uh, they, but they're a religious institution of higher education. <laughs> I'm Troy McClure. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, there will be some villains wearing red on the sideline at Lincoln Memorial Stadium on September 5th. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 113. BYU, Nebraska, September 5th, 113 days away from actual football. In fact, in Studio A today, BYU football players gearing up for the season with uh, some promotional shoots. Bikula, JLD, Peck, Kafusi, they're all hanging out. They're cool. spraying on there, looking all sweaty, yeah. looking into the camera. Really cool stuff. <laughs> Up next, a former BYU linebacker, Michael Alisa, on his top BYU villain, and who will lead the Cougars in tackles this season? Is it going to be a defensive back? 
This is BYU Sports Nation. Be thou humble, Spencer. <laughs> Rick Majerus also on that list. Craig, Craig Thompson. That yeah. one's a classic. Too. Yeah. Bryant Gumble and Barry Switzer. Boo. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. You can follow us on the Twitter machine at BYU Sports Nation. Join us there by using the hashtag BYUSN. Game two of BYU baseball against Santa Clara is tonight, 9 Eastern time on BYU Radio. Last night, BYU came back to win 8-5 in extra innings, 10 specifically. Game two tonight. BYU is one game ahead of LMU with three games to go and owns the tiebreaker. So as long as BYU uh, wins at least well, they control two more their own games. destiny. If they win yeah. two, no matter what happens, yes, they're in. If LMU, yeah, BYU needs to be uh, one, just one game less. Now the than magic LMU. number yeah. is two. two. So if LMU loses and BYU wins, then it becomes one. Then no, then it's, oh, they, it's then still BYU's two. in. That's right. BYU's in. If LMU, yeah, because yeah, so one one win and one LMU loss would yes. put BYU in. That they're that close, so just win tonight. Just get in the West Coast Conference tonight. tournament. Colton Mahoney on the mound tonight, I believe, because Brandon Kinzer pitched yesterday. They mixed it up. Look, Mike Lewood believes in the BYU Sports Nation karma. He saw the good thing that, that Kinzer had going, and <laughs> he sees like, the good in need, the world. We need to and put you is, in on Thursday. He is to be thou humble. Our Twitter question today: Who is the all-time number one ranked villain in the minds of BYU sports fans? Brian, coaches, Sweet. players. Okay, I said Urban Meyer. We went through our specific reasoning for that. Download the podcast. Listen to a really engaging yeah, who do you have? first 15 minutes. I who do you got? We've had some great responses. Keep them coming. Use the hashtag BYUSN. I love this one from at Papa Dale. The fair weather fan. Oh, oh I'm not fair weather, Spencer. <laughs> I'm season tickets, Spencer. I, I, yeah, this is a great tweet. It's, yeah, fair weather fans stink, don't they? Guess what? Your team is not always going to perform at A-plus levels. What? Sometimes it's going to be really hard to be a fan because there will be struggles. Part of being a fan. The yes. highs and lows. I talked to someone the other day. They said, I don't want to invest emotionally in that. And I said, you're missing out, man. There, the just, highs, well, the just, highs are high because there are lows. Just go for Ohio State or something. Then. Even they have <laughs> down times. Are you kidding me? They went through some turmoil for about five or six years. Oh, man. Yet the turmoil was like, man, we don't have enough money counters. For oh all of goodness. this dough we're getting. Yeah, it's all about the paradigm. I get it. But even they are passionate because they expect national championship every year, and that doesn't happen. Sounds like the program standard here, too. To a deg- Well, you know what I mean? For this fan, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. For the Blue Goggle fan, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't expect a national championship. Let's win a national every championship. Year. Okay, maybe I need the huge Blue Goggles, but whatever. Joining the show now, a man who has donned the Blue Goggles on this very set. He's also played on an actual football field and made big plays. Michael Alisa, former linebacker. Michael, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Happy to be here. Thanks. Hey, I I don't know if you've heard any of our discussion today, but we have been talking about the number one villain in the minds of all things related to BYU sports, specifically fans. You are a player. You're a fan now. Who's the number one villain, Michael? You know, I was going to say, hands down, Utah. Um, and then uh, I started thinking, might be the, the player from Utah State who injured Taysom. That's but what I want to give him that benefit of being that famous. So I'm not even going to think about him. Get out of here, you. <laughs> so Get out of here, you. I, give, I, I give kudos to the guy that said the Fairweather fan. I have to agree with that guy. 
I think that's that's our, our biggest enemy. That that when when you're getting eaten up from within, how can you be successful? Did so you, it, I mean that. Go ahead. Did you feel? Uh, did you feel the weight of that a little bit uh, during the four game losing streak last year? Oh, without question, and it was so heavy. I'll tell you that much. Um, it, it, it's tough to to know that part of of uh, your fan base isn't isn't behind you, and and just like you guys are saying, every team goes through those ups and downs, and and there's always going to be those games that that you barely lose. And that's just that's just how football is. Um, this past season, we had two overtime losses, so those easily could have been wins, but we we lose them, and all of a sudden, how uh, people are saying that we're the worst team or the worst defense or the worst offense to ever play in BYU history. And, and uh, you know, these are young boys from 18 to 25, and, and it's tough for, you know, their, uh, their morale. What about the other side of that, Michael? Uh, where did you, maybe during the four-game losing streak, uh, when it's tougher, where did you get strength from, say, certain fans or fandom? Other side, well, so I'd say that that's a very small minority that is fair weather. Very, very small. I think for the most part, Cougar Nation is one of the greatest fan bases in, in, out here because you know, we're, we're nationwide. Everywhere we went, every away game, the stadium was packed with Cougar Blue. And so uh, I, I think that small minority speaks very loudly sometimes. But for the most part, we know that you know the, the majority – is behind us and 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 not just standing there but pushing and and they're all uh, bleeding blue. So, I mean, I don't want to harp on the negative, but I mean, I'll, so I'll say this: that it's it's a very small deal, but but it's there. Positive reinforcement comes in abundance for us, and and the players recognize that. We we try to block out the, the negative and, and embrace the positive, and there's plenty of positive to embrace. The recently graduated Michael Elisa on BYU Sports Nation, and we wish you a hearty congratulations for that, uh, Michael, for, uh, Thank you very much. for making Thank that, you. that walk. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just like inside jokes. Um, okay, Michael, let's, uh, let's talk about what is coming up this season for BYU. We look at the recent past, and Sky Povey led the team in tackles last year. That is not necessarily the plan for Bronco Mendenhall defense. So who is going to be the leading tackler this year with Bronco taking back over the defense? That's a good question. I, I would say with the knowledge that I have of Austin Heater being the linebackers, um, I think Austin Heater is going to be the leading tackler. Uh, it just, just the way the defense is set up, it's set up like a cone, and uh, – it, 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 it filters everybody to the inside backers. Those are supposed to be your playmakers every single year. And so with Austin here, if he stays healthy and he remains the starting linebacker in the middle, I think he's going to be, be the guy this year. And hopefully it's, it's, not, a, it's not a safety because that's, that's a bad sign when your safety is your leading tackler. Even when Andrew Rich led, you would have preferred that an inside linebacker leads? Absolutely, and Andrew Rich is a great player, and I'm glad he was making those tackles because those are sa- touchdown-saving tackles if a safety is making them. But, uh, yeah, if, if a linebacker is making them, then that means that the defense is working the way it's supposed to work. 
Yesterday we talked about uh, the impact. Who's going to be the biggest impact linebacker next year? So tackles is one thing. Impact is maybe another. What's your opinion on that going into 2015? It, I would say your impact player is going to be Fred Warner. Uh, we, we saw him come on the scene really strong last year as a freshman and making that, that pick six against Boise State when we were having a really rough game over there at their house. And he came through and made a great play. And it wasn't just a lucky play. He read it. It was one of those things where you could tell that he had seen that in film and, and reacted. And uh, he, he was making plays like that through the whole season until he got injured. Um, even against Utah State, that little tackle he had in the backfield. I, I think Fred's a phenomenal athlete, really smart football player, and he's going to be our impact player this year on defense for sure. Yeah, you can see those if instincts. He, if he stays healthy, that, that's that's his thing. I mean, I know he's coming back from the injury that he's sustained in in the season this year. But if, if he can be healthy, he'll be the guy. Michael Alisa with us on BYU Sports Nation, joining us via the phone. Uh, we talked to Brian Keel yesterday, Michael, and he brought up some some points, at least from his perspective, of where he felt like a lot of guys weren't lacking in athleticism or talent per se. They just didn't have knowledge and, and were in the wrong place. And, you know, he, he kind of called them out. In your mind, where were the linebackers specifically lacking last season? I would say the same thing, assignment sound. And I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's discipline, maybe a little bit, but I think most of it was lack of knowledge, like Brian said, um, and inexperience. So, that means that maybe they knew their assignment, but then something would happen and they wouldn't react well to it because of inexperience. So I think just being assignment sound, that's what the linebackers lack. And that should hopefully change this year because, I mean, I think we only have Zach Stout leaving from the middle Packers and me and Alani who are leaving from the outside Packers, and the rest are all, uh, all underclassmen that got experience last year. So I think that that problem should fix itself. We talk a lot about, okay, Broncos uh, taking back the defense, and that's a strong verb, you know, like uh, BYU fans wanted a little more from the defense. They expect it to change. Give us an idea of what it's like to be in the room with Bronco Mendenhall when he's coaching you guys up. Well, first of all, everybody is sitting to attention. I mean, you could bounce a stack of books on everybody's head because everyone's sitting straight up, shoulders are back and you're, you're fully attentive to the head boss. Um, everyone trusts Bronco as a defensive coach because you know that he's put defenses over the years. I, mean, I think back to Cameron Jensen, Brian Keel, those linebackers of old who have been the guys of Bronco's defense. Um, and you, you think about the, the, the great defenses that he's built, and you know that if you listen to this guy and do what he tells you to do, you will be a successful defense. So everyone gives him the utmost respect in that room. Former BYU linebacker, 2008 was a running back, 11 and 14, also saw some time at running back and was a playmaker at the linebacker position last year, specifically at Texas. His name is Michael Alisa, and he is on the show. Michael, who is the guy that deserves some respect on this upcoming BYU squad, an underrated player that's maybe not in the limelight that you feel like deserves to be talked about. Ooh, so many, so many guys are coming to mind. Um, 
I mean, there's so many good players. I, I would have to say, though, that in my mind, it's Sai Totu. And, I mean, there, there could be a, a good candidate for that in the middle backer room. But in, in the outside linebacker room, Sai Totu actually graded out the best overall linebacker last year after every game. He was the most efficient in every play. He, always, he was always in the right spot, always doing his assignment. And uh, percentage-wise, he graded out way higher than, you know, Alani, me, and all the other linebackers, Fred. So Sai knows exactly what to do. And, and on top of that, he's, uh, I mean, look at the guy. He's like a, an, an NFL caliber linebacker. His, his body passes the eye test big time. He's, he's about 6'3", 6'4", and, and built well. I think uh, he's one of those guys that flies under the radar, maybe hasn't gotten the playing time that he deserves. And I think once he gets a shot, he'll really shine. That's interesting. I didn't realize he was the uh, top-rated linebacker coming out of last year. I, I want to know this too, Michael. La- last year there were a lot of different players that played uh, a lot of different linebacker positions, mostly on the inside, but the outside had its share too. Uh, well, does that have to do with pace of play uh, and or trying to figure out who the guy is at each, posi- each position? Why the platoon last year? I'm, I'm- can you repeat the, the first part of the question? I'm sorry. It's yeah. kind of cut out a little bit. So what, why, did, why did BYU platoon so many guys at linebacker last year? We're kind of used to seeing the same guy play most of the game at linebacker. Does it have to do with pace of play? Yeah, I would say part of it is for pace of play. Also, there were a couple of guys that were dinged up here and there. I think uh, the, the thing was that they, they had a few guys who are good at a few things. And so they would play to their strengths. And, for instance, Sione Takitaki, maybe not your best cover guy coming out of high school, but the best pass rusher on the team probably last year as a, as a freshman. So they would put him in in certain situations where he could do that and, and play to his strengths. And uh, so, so that's just one example. Every single guy, it was the same deal. Some guys were cover guys. Other guys were pass rushers. And they would put him in on certain downs and situations uh, to play to their strengths but also just to keep guys fresh. Michael Alisa with us on BYU Sports Nation. You played against some very notable opponents in your career at BYU, Texas, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, Virginia. The season that approaches includes a handful of wow games. With that in mind, what is the 2015 win expectation based on the fact that BYU opens up against Nebraska, Boise State at home, at UCLA, at Michigan, and have a game later at Missouri? Yeah, I, honestly, I think I look at that schedule, and now that I'm not a player, I, I, can, uh, I can run the risk of, of saying that we might lose a game here and there, right? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> so I, I, was, I look at that schedule and I say, look, we get eight, nine wins. That's a great season. But that is a tough schedule. Um, hopefully we get more, and, I, and I'm trusting them in the boys to, to go out and, and win those games that maybe we're not favored to win. But I, I look at that schedule and I say, you, you give me eight games, and I, I'm clapping my hands for these guys. But that's a tough, tough season you're with me and it's fun to see kind of the the wall go down <laughs> we're taking yeah. it one game yeah. at a time it's like yeah let's look at this with hopefully we overachieve but we're talking kind of 
expectation versus goal. The goal is to go 13-0 and and win the national championship. This in from Jay Keeps. Right. But, but realistically, right. and it, that, yeah. If, if a player think like that, and if you're a player, you have to think like that. You have yes. to think we're going to win every single game, and we're going to take us one game at a time, we're going to beat every single guy. You know, and, and, and if, you, if you're not thinking like that, you don't have the right mindset as a player. But as a fan, you're right. It's okay to let the walls down and look at it, uh, you know, take the emotion out of it and say, okay, we, we might not take this game. We might not win this game. Who knows? With um, that, yeah, okay. go ahead. With that said, uh, Spencer feels like if Taysom Hill is healthy, that BYU has a good shot. Or will? Or a good shot? Will. True or false, Michael, Elisa? I say true to this. BYU wins 10 games if Taysom Hill is healthy the entire season. Oh, true. I'm going to have to say true just because Taysom's a finisher, and I love Taysom. Yes. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at the, the way that Taysom plays healthy and the way that he finishes games. I know everyone was saying that the Utah State game was up in the air because uh, we weren't doing too hot. But I, I'm one of those guys that said that Taysom would not have been injured that game. We win that game just because of the way that Taysom finishes. And he's a competitor, and he leads the team by example. He, he's a he, he's an impact player that makes a big play and gets the whole team behind him in a matter of seconds. Michael, so Elisa, I, I vote yes. Former linebacker and BYU TV co-host. Sometimes <laughs> are we going to have an Elisa takeover? We need to have an Elisa takeover, right? Yeah. Hey, great to talk to you, my friend. Uh, we'll see you soon. Hey, thank you so much. Love you guys. Love you, too. All right. Love Michael Lazen. Love. That's true. I love Michael Lazen. He he was great as a player with us every week in the season, and now as an analyst. Yeah, he he gets it. Yeah. He gets it. It's fun to see that wall come down and say, eight or nine. That's what I said. How does BYU women's volleyball follow up an NCAA championship appearance? Sean Olmstead will give us his thoughts and also show off his new bling bling. Dude, this ring's legit. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. It's Radio Vision, people. Download the show podcast on iTunes. Stream it on BYUSportsNation.com. BYU softball lost yesterday, so they've got to win today. They play Fresno State tonight, uh, or this afternoon, 5 Eastern time on uh, Pack-12.com. Precursor Season of, on the line. Precursor of what's to come. A beatdown on November 21st between BYU and Fresno State. Against back-to-back West Division in champs, football. Fresno State. Today's headlines, baseball. Comeback win last night against Santa Clara, 8-5. to The Cougars score six runs in the final three innings. They're one game up on LMU with three games to go for both teams. Just keep winning and you're going to get in that WCC tournament. Softball cleaned house in the WCC awards. Gordon Aiken, coach of the year. McKenna Bull, pitcher of the year. Gordy Bravo, or Marissa, as I like to call her, player of the year. Five Cougars were first-teamers. Two others were second-teamers. Congrats. BYU Gymnastics hiring a new head coach, Guard Young, out of Oklahoma, former BYU gymnast. He is a national championship winner and an Olympian. Joining us now, we're going to, we're going to take this up a notch, Jerem. The head the coach of BYU women's volleyball. <laughs> Sean Olmstead, also our BYUSN fashion correspondent. Always. And I, as always. I can't see. As always. Oh, come on. This is beautiful. It's beautiful. In honor <laughs> of the so NBA rough. playoffs. Yeah. One of the greatest ever. The greatest ever. Uncle Mike. That's it. That's, That's it. Right there. What do you call that? It's like a neon yellow green. 
I just call it beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, <laughs> just, it is it's a beautiful, beautiful color. I've been complimented at all uh, at all uh, store at church. Well, not church. Sorry, uh, but <laughs> where that's a church. Awesome. Yeah. I want to go to your ward. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Oh, Sean, good to have you in studio. Thank you, as uh, always, our, the best. Our Twitter question today uh, it centers around villains for BYU Sports Nation fans, mm. players, coaches. Who's the number one villain in all of BYU sports? It can be a team. It can be a player. That, that we've played against? Sure. Or, or, no, yes, just, there are no like, wrong anything, answers. Anything. Number one villain. I said Brian Sweet, the dude from Utah State who hurt Taysom Hill both years. Uh, yeah, same, did yeah. you realize that? No, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I've heard about it since yeah. I didn't realize it in the moment. But, uh, I, I mean, everything I've read, he didn't, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't <laughs> intentional. I don't care. He's a villain. He's a villain. Gosh, I wish I, I, would, I wish you guys would have let me prepare because well, I probably could have brought up some good ones. But we're um, talking about this because Matthew Dellavedova last night scored 19 I, I, points I for the Cavs. I watched it. I okay. watched it after the game. They, he asked. He was asked about the boos from the United Center crowd, and he said, yeah. oh, "I played against Gonzaga and BYU, and the boos are louder there." So that yeah. brought all this up. Is okay. he the guy? There it is. is There's the, the shot. And LeBron even didn't he mention that shot? Even though he said it was in a playoff game, he said in the tournament he made a shot. And I don't think I think he was referring to that he shot. Was. The next year he airballed a shot that ended their season. I just want to point that so out. So what if I say this? Maybe I'm going to get just reamed. But the good thing about me getting reamed is I have no social media. Nobody can go out and try to get a hold. Of me, um, and so what about I've been at BYU sporting events. What about BYU fans? The Fairweather fans. The fans. That I've been it. I've been at events where they start booing their own guys. They start booing their own coaches, and those guys, in my mind, are villains. <laughs> the fair answer. There you go. It's a fair answer. You don't want to turn on your own, you know. No, that's what I, they did, I, and that's what's I, happening. I think it's every time that I've been there, I just laugh at my, I laugh out loud and just go get a life. Yeah, support your team, support the players. Come on now. Have you been booed at a women's volleyball match? Um, I don't think I have. Now I'm probably going to get booed now. <laughs> so, but I don't think I have honestly, and so uh, maybe I have, but. Uh, Volleyball has good fans. You guys know that. I mean, most of the volleyball fans here at the Smith Field House, whether it's the men's games or the or the women's games, uh, you know, are good, knowledgeable fans that enjoy the sport. I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't think of many boos. You know, sure for the opposing fans, uh, but I know for a fact that every male college player throughout the last. 15 years if you ask them where's their favorite place to play it's either going to be uh when it was rocking and when they're good hawaii because mm-hmm. even then they've gone through some lulls or it's guaranteed it's going to be the smith field house in provo utah without a doubt all the guys i grew up with playing that went to other schools that's the place to play i'm going to show up to the first women's volleyball match and you're going to be announced and i'm going to be like boo jk <laughs> and, <J-K."> and, <laughs> and i'm sure you would i'm sure you would <laughs> It's like August something. <laughs> I'm putting it in my Franklin planner right now. That's really good stuff. Okay. You, uh, I mentioned you as our fashion icon. Yes. And as the man we look to to set the trends. Yes. Well, you've taken the whole trend-setting level uh, in terms of jewelry to a new level. Okay, you got your we new did. championship we rings, did, man. Yeah. We did. I don't know if they – I don't know what's the best way to get Zoom this on, on camera. Look at that. There we go. Whoa, where am I going? We See? tweeted out a picture of this yesterday, too. You know. Uh, Let's hold this up right here. It's a there lot of go. shiny stuff in there. Gollum is going to be coming into the there studio soon to take that away. It's okay. It's gorgeous. 
That is all. It's like diamond encrusted around the stretch. It, uh, How much did that cost? No, just kidding. <laughs> well, you know, you've heard of the cost of attendance. We just told the girls forfeit next year's uh, cost of attendance, <laughs> and we'll take and you care. And you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, we with the ring, they, they, they come in your office, and they bring, you know, like 50 samples from you, other schools, even schools up north, schools down south, uh, that they've done rings for. You know, football. Uh, there was actually some of um, from the BCS games and – and we wanted to just be unique. We wanted to do something different. And so we found, I told you, I t- uh, text you, we found Alabama's national championship ring. And, of course, it was huge, a lot bigger than this, let's be honest. Um, but we said, we want to do this. And this ring company had never done this style or this design. Hmm. And when I wear it, I mean, I don't, I've only worn it once. I wore it to one of our girls' weddings and people, you know, couldn't stop asking me about it or where I got it, where can I get it? And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, like I said, they've never done it. So I would imagine that flat surface, they've never done that design. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's probably something I I would imagine they'll continue to do again. There you go, Jeremy. I can barely see when I look at it. (laughs) There you go. This thing is legit, man. Okay, it's, I, it's pretty cool. It's okay, so it's got beautiful. your name on it. It's got the record. It's got you know HC for head coach BYU. In, yeah. Inside it says FCT. What's that? That's kind of our thing. That was uh, our thing, and we'll probably have to keep it our thing. Okay. Uh, okay. But okay. the girls, the girls, it's kind of their. They created it before the season started. It was uh, on every whiteboard that we uh, on the road or at home. It's kind of our deal, our motto, and uh, the Final girls. Final four championship yeah. team. I got it. <laughs> there you go. Hey, wow, impressive. You're a smart guy. <laughs> Way too easy. I'm just kidding. Well, that might be it. Who knows? Yeah, I, that's very cool. That is a serious piece that, of jewelry. National finalist. On and then, yeah, show. we did national yeah. finalists. So we honored the our championship West Coast uh, run. Uh, our overall record was thirty and five. We had it right there. And then we wanted to get the uh, national finalists around uh, the you know kind of around this this top part. And uh, like I said, the feedback's been unreal. The girls just are loving it. And uh, uh, this company was very impressed with how it came out. And I'm, like I said, I'm sure they're going to probably follow suit with other sports, maybe at BYU or, you know, other, other schools. Head volleyball coach of women's volleyball at BYU, Sean Olmstead in Studio B. You've got your thinking cap on now. Yes. And I, I, don't, I don't want you to keep it on. It was okay. come with a hat. Oh, uh, yeah. Shout out to Carpinteria, Carpinteria, California. California. Exactly. Yeah. Hometown, <laughs> born and raised. With the, with the army green or <laughs> brown or whatever color that is. <laughs> it looks really good with that neon shirt you have on. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you didn't get my purple shoes either, though. Come on. we got to get the purple shoes. shoes. I've got purple shoes. Your color combo is there we go. out of control. Come on, guys. Oh, my. We need to get with it. We need to get with it. Okay. The summer schedule ahead. Uh, you're following up just an epic run to the national championship, and you celebrated it the right way with that ring. What What is the summer schedule like now for you and your team? You know, right now um, we're actually all women's Division One volleyball coaches have what's called a quiet period in May. So that's the best time for us to get in any personal time or vacation time because the NCAA regulates that we can't leave campus, even if we want to, to go recruit. 
so we can't. Um, and so our coaches, uh, my assistant Heather had a nice trip with, with her, her twin sister. They had a good time. Um, I've had some family time, and I'm actually going to Carpinteria uh, today. I'm going to be driving halfway to Vegas, and then so I'll be uh, sending you guys pictures of me on the beach <laughs> next week. Uh, if I you guys would like that, I Vegas will do that. I'll send you guys night. a picture. You put it up here. But um, uh, then when this May period's over, we're right back in it. You know, we we're doing we're allowed to do the emails and phone call recruiting, which we're still continuing to do. But then in June uh, we get going. We're, we'll be at uh, AAUs at the Junior Olympics and and doing other practice visits and just back in the grind recruiting. Then in July, we've got camps, which are a great opportunity for us. We'll have all of our recruits, kids we're looking at, kids that have been committed, kids that even kids that are signed. And uh, that's a great uh, – the camp's one of our highlights of the summer because we get these kids, we get hands-on with them and get to work with them and, and, and get to just see them compete, see them play. Uh, they get to know more about us and our expectations. And then uh, <laughs> before you know it, we're uh, kicking off uh, summer camp, fall camp, however you want to say. Yeah. Right back into it's it. Here. It's Sean here. Sean Olmstead. He's got a minute to take. A, he's clearly in vacation mode with his wardrobe. <laughs> oh, this clearly. Is, this or regular not actually, yeah, this is game day. It's game day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is game day. Hey, great to have you in the studio, man. Yeah, you guys need to have me more. I owe oh, you. I've got a pair of shoes. I'm not lying. I've got yours. They're coming. So you're going to probably – I'll be gone next week. I'm saying I'll be back here the week after that. I'm okay. predicting that. Okay. You guys going to both be here? What? Will Jeremy will be here? I won't be here in two weeks. Oh, that's sad. But it's for the Spencer, first week so of June. Up. Yeah, I'll, I'll be gone. Disappointing. Yeah. So maybe I'll wait till the week after, just so that you're here. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll be back. We June can do that. Fifth, eighth, or something. Okay. Yeah. We'll plan yeah. off, we'll, off, we'll do that. off programming. Yeah. yeah. We'll do that. Are we still on the air? Yeah, we are I still think so. <laughs> that's why. That's why I'm saying we'll plan later. <laughs> Sean Olmstead, always entertaining. It's going to be great to have you with us. Thanks, guys. Who is the number one villain in the minds of BYU fans? Is Brian it the Sweet. Fairweather fan? Is it Brian Sweet? Or is it my pick, Urban Meyer? Bryant Gumble. Oh, yeah. See, that's another one. We take the conversation back head on after this. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. I'm Troy McClure. I'm just kidding. I'm That's Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Tonight, game two, BYU baseball against Santa Clara, 9 Eastern time. Listen to it on BYU Radio. Big game for the Cougars. Our Twitter question today, who is the all-time number one ranked villain in the minds of BYU sports? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Jayzo Joe Bryan. Chimes in and offers his support for Jerem. Hands down, Brian Sweet, the safety at Utah State for taking down Taysom Hill twice. Is he a safety or a linebacker? Who cares? Yeah. Well, the thing is, it wasn't... It, He's not a linebacker. Here's He's, why I don't pick him. I think it was a cornerback. Because it wasn't intentional. Okay? It was just But dumb, the hurt was so deep! Dumb luck. Dumb luck. Like, he, didn't, he doesn't call us the team down south and... You know, he's not responsible for ending the nation's longest scoring win streak like Urban Meyer. Like he, Urban Meyer, all he I personifies know, a villain for me for BYU sports fans. All I know is there were torn ligaments one year and a broken fibula the next. That's all I know. I don't care about the means. <laughs> don't tell me about the labor pains. Just show me the baby. So he's, he, he's in, he's un, like, you cannot ever forgive Brian Sweet. Jokingly, no. <laughs> When I get to heaven, yeah, Brian Sweet, we're cool, man. Uh, are you going to heaven? Is that a prediction? Yeah. At, at the Josh I'm trying Landon. really hard. I know, I know. 
at the Josh Landon. San Diego State, because of the epic showdowns between Kawhi and Jimmer and the missionary fans. I think this is directed more at the San Diego State fans. At the show. I, I never hated Kawhi. And if yeah. you hear his story, it's, it's pretty good. Um, and what he's done has been pretty amazing. I never really hated but BYU beat San Diego State at San Diego State several times, so it wasn't like they were a threat. Delva Delva hits a shot in the Marriott Center, so he becomes a villain because he comes into BYU's crib and does work. The mouthpiece. Oh, oh, the, the mouthpiece. The mouthpiece, dude. At Ryan Osman. Andy Dalton. Why, T- why Andy Dalton? I T- want to know T- why. T-C-U. There's no explanation. Why Andy Dalton? Because in 09, BYU is ranked 16th. I know, and but Andy Dalton is like BYU a really nice dude. Hammered. And he's like, he hasn't, has, what has he done to be a villain? I want to know. Maybe he did something Just dumb. crushed BYU when game day was here, and that hurt. Marshall Henderson also coming in from at CBD6262. <laughs> of course. Last night featured some big-time performances by Cougars in the minor leagues. Find out who's succeeding at the next level. It's part of the wit, Marshall. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Baseball. BYU came back to beat Santa Clara 8-5 in extra innings last night. Game two tonight, 9 Eastern time on BYU Radio. Cougars in the minors as well. Adam Miller recorded his fifth save of the season. Jacob Hanneman, two for four with three RBIs. Taylor Cole, one after pitching five in the third. Jeremy Guthrie in the major leagues got a win over Texas. He's now three and two on the season. Softball. After an 8-0 loss to Oregon yesterday, BYU faces elimination season on the line today. Fresno State and BYU in Eugene, 5 Eastern time on pack-12.com. Also, Gordon Eakin, Coach of the Year in the WCC. Gordy Bravo or Marissa, as I like to call her, Player of the Year. <laughs> and McKenna Bull, the Pitcher of the Year. You're asking for trouble. Gymnastics. Guard Young, the new head gymnastics coach. He returns to BYU from Oklahoma, where he was an assistant for nine seasons. They won four national championships while he was there in Norman. Finished runner-up five times. He was a national champion gymnast and an Olympian. Golf. Jordan Rogers is tied for 55th after the first round of the 2015 NCAA Bremerton Regional Championships. Hopefully he turns it up a notch. Okay. Cougars and the PGA. We'll skip that one. Yeah, well, Zach Blair, Pass. Daniel Summerhays, Mike, we're all in action at the Wells Fargo Championship. There we Future go. Future hey. guest Harvey Longy will join us next yeah. week. We'll talk about what it was like for him to step in for the late Junior Seau for his Hall of Fame bust. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. It goes to Jeremy Guthrie and Taylor Cole. Our Twitter question, who is the all-time number one ranked villain in the minds of BYU sports? At Family Budge, Jake Heaps. Is Jake Heaps a villain? Does he he qualify? That one play, that one play, the hype. (laughs) I like Jake, though. Thanks to Michael Lewis, to Sean Olmstead, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. The show on demand on BYUtv.org slash BYUSN. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Justin.